Hey, Pete, what are we talking about today? Shh, 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 Kev, be quiet. We don't know where they are. What? The monsters. Okay, so you've broken. Should I do this podcast alone? Welcome to Fearless Films. We're a podcast. I'm sorry. We're a podcast. We're a horror movie buff. That's me. Breaks down the scary movies for the scaredy cats. That's me. So they don't have to watch the movie. And today, we're being super sneaky? What's going on, Pete? Uh, Not so much sneaky, we're just being cautious. Today, we're watching 2018's A Quiet Place. Is it just like one of those silent era films? Yeah, they took a real chance in 2018 <laughs> and said, "Let's make a let's make a silent film. Audiences will love that." Oh, uh, did they have that like that piano tune? That's that same exact piano music that I hear behind every single one. That's very like upbeat, like do 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 do. Yeah, is that good? Yeah, that's exactly it. Charlie Chaplin's in this movie. <laughs> you know, I feel like he's been he's been pretty lax lately. So I'm I'm excited to see him uh, come back into the the limelight. Uh, I want to. I'm really excited to see what he's come up with. Anyway. <laughs> What's he been up to lately? He's dead, Kev. Uh, no. A Quiet Place is a film directed by and starring John Krasinski, who most people would know from... Jesus! No. Nope. He was Jesus. He was not I Jesus. I loved him in Jesus. The Count of Monte Jesus? He was in The Office? No, I think you're thinking of somebody else. John Krasinski, The Office. Jesus. Just stop talking. The Passion of Christ. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but no, you watched The Office, didn't you? Yes, I did. Like yeah. ten years after I should have, apparently, according to popular culture. That's fine. You know, the main character guy who always makes faces at the camera. Everybody loves him. He's lovable. And he's in a horror movie? Yeah. And he's swole now. That dude got <laughs> jacked. He was in like a war movie or something, and he just got big. Isn't he a CIA guy? Uh, I think so. He's, he's, Jack, he's Jack Ryan. He's Jack Ryan, yeah. Or is he Jerry Ryan? No, that's Seven <laughs> of Nine. That's a different fandom entirely. So are we saying that the guy who played Jesus is a Borg? John Krasinski was never Jesus, nor is he a Borg. I know it's Jim Caviezel, but I'm doing it for joke. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> uh, the film also stars his real-life wife playing his on-screen wife, Emily Blunt, who you may recognize as Mary Poppins 2 Judgment Day. Yeah, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> She's the new Mary Poppins. In the Terminator? No, nah, I just felt like throwing in that <laughs> clever title. Nothing you say is clever, Pete. Emily I mean, Blunt is one of those ca- one of those people that I know exists as a person, but I I gun to my head, I could not tell you any movies that she is in, um, except for now Mary Poppins 2, because you just said it. So Edge of Tomorrow. Oh! The Girl on the Train. Okay, that just sounds like a generic... <laughs> You're just like, no, it's that it's that one where she was on a train. The Man on the Bench. <laughs> the Kid on the Bike. Would you believe they put a man on the moon? Man on the moon. You know, I could kiss you sometimes <laughs> for the references you make. <laughs> See, I know things. Do you? I mean, most of them I get from you, so... I guess not. All right. So Swole Jesus shows up and makes out with Mary Poppins. No, no, no. <laughs> so let me give you some backstory here. This this movie, A Quiet Place, was written by writing duo Brian Woods and Scott Beck. I thought Jim Caviezel wrote it. 
No, no, he just directed it. Okay. They brought the screenplay to him, and he was interested in branching out and trying something new. So not only was he like, I'm going to try to direct a movie, I'm going to direct a horror movie, which is a genre I've never even come close to in my career. And he's going to act in it. Yes. All right. Well, I mean, did it? Did he do okay? It did really well. <laughs> yeah, but did he do okay? Oh, he did great. It actually plays a lot. It's like half horror, half intense family drama. And so he just angled with the, if I just use my dramatic acting chops, it'll balance out because the script is good enough to be a horror film and it, it works. How does Mary Poppins do in this? She does really good as well. They're both like powerhouse actors. So it kind of, they just crush everything. Cool. Yeah. There's also from critics and, and general audiences alike, there was a lot of positive reception to new coming uh, child actor, Millicent Simmons, who plays their daughter. Uh, she is an actor who is uh, deaf in real life, and she plays a deaf character in the movie with like one of those cochlear implants. Oh, um, so she actually behind the scenes, she was she taught the other actors the sign language they use in the movie, the American Sign Language. I'm sure that's really you know I I've always heard and I've been frustrated myself whenever I see like a blind character or a, a deaf character in a movie and it's played by like. John Hamm or somebody like that, and you're like, this guy is not blind or deaf. There's blind and deaf actors out there. Can we can we try that? So it's cool. Yeah, it was very like I said, got a very positive reception because uh, you know the the inclusivity of the whole thing, and she she was a really good actress, so that you know was just awesome in its own right. And she was the villain in um, Snow White, was it? I think what is it? Snow White, Sleeping Be- Sleeping Beauty. What are you talking about? Maleficent. Millicent. Her name's Millicent. <laughs> Snow White, right? Maleficent is no Sleeping Beauty. It's Sleeping Beauty. All right. So she's changed. She's she's changed a lot between those two movies. I hate you. So you want to jump into it, Kev? Quietly? Oh, well, we don't have to be quiet. Uh sure. I know nothing about this movie. I know enough about it to be like I'm never watching this movie uh for reasons. Uh yeah, so why don't I just start from the beginning? The movie just kicks off. We find ourselves in this like convenience store that looks long abandoned like they do the the old trope of there's like leaves on the ground and shit. Is there a flickering fluorescent light? Because I love that. That's always a great... It's, it's in every single <laughs> abandoned grocery store or convenience store shot I've ever seen. Flickering, flickering fluorescent light? It's got to be there, right? No, no. I think this one just goes with the full... There's no power left whatsoever. Oh, just okay. Just sunlight streaming into the windows. So it's like long after post-apocalyptic, not recent post-apocalyptic. It's a decent amount of time after, yeah. Yeah, okay. And you get that sense immediately. Like I said, it looks abandoned. It looks mostly already, like, looted. But you see this family sneaking around in there um, and, like, looking for stuff. There's a mother and a father and three kids. An oldest daughter, uh, a middle son, and a youngest son. And they range in ages from, like... The youngest one looks to be, like, four years old. And the daughter looks like maybe she's, like... I think she's supposed to be like 12 or so, 11 or 12. Well, this already sucked. What, you don't, you know, you getting tense about the children? I hate kids in horror movies. I just, I, as a dad of three kids, I just can't. I just cannot. That's why I, when I heard about this movie, I'm like, oh, this likes it. Oh, nope, nope. There's kids in this horror movie. I'm out. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I will. I'll throw you a, a warning then, right now, that bad stuff is going to happen. Uh, so if anyone wants to maybe skip like five or six minutes ahead, so you don't have to hear about it, go go right ahead, and we'll uh, keep going for you. All right, great. I'll see you. I'll see you in a little bit. No, you have to stay. You have to stay. <laughs> All right. So, um. The family is looking for food and supplies. You see the mother break into the pharmacy and she's looking for like medicine. The older boy looks like he's like sick with like a fever or something. And it's made apparent right away. Like the movie visually shows you like they're trying to make as little sound as possible. Like they're all, none of them are talking. They're all tiptoeing around. They're all, none of them are wearing shoes, which is interesting. But yeah, like at one point, the youngest kid is trying to reach something on a shelf and it falls and the daughter like dives on her knees to catch it before it hits the ground. And like, thankfully she does and it makes no noise and they all look super like stressed out about that whole event. So immediately the audience is clued in that like something weird is going on with sound. So after that big scare, uh, everything seems fine and they've gathered all the supplies that they need and they start to head out. And you see that the youngest boy, he like grabs this like rocket ship toy and he wants to bring it with him. But the dad immediately shuts that down and he like sign languages to him that uh, he can't take it. It's too noisy. It's not safe. So like the dad takes the batteries out and he places the toy and the batteries like on a nearby counter. And then they all start to leave. Behind the parents back, the daughter, Reagan, she grabs the toy but not the batteries and she gives it to her younger brother and she like you know gives him the hush hush don't tell anybody sign because she just wants to make him happy and then she leaves and then they all leave one after another so you see the family walking home over like long stretches of like they walk through the town and then they walk through like the woods on a trail and you see they've poured like sand in trails all over the place that they can walk on quietly which when you think about it that's a lot of effort yeah, that's a lot of sand. Are they near a beach? So uh, they get to like, they're crossing a bridge and all of a sudden, like I should note that this whole point in the movie, like there's been no sound. Like there's not even like a soundtrack, like background music or anything. It's just been complete silence other than like they're breathing at most. So they're about to cross or they're halfway across this bridge when all of a sudden you hear like the brr, brr noises of like a kid's toy. And, like, it's definitely loud because you're so used to the quiet at this point. And, like, horrified, the, the parents turn around and they see that the kid, the youngest boy, has the toy and he had stolen the batteries, too, and put them back in. Oh, and no. Yeah, this thing's just blaring and, like, flashing lights and stuff. And Why would he do this? Why would he do this? Because he's, like, four and he wanted to play with a toy. So the dad starts sprinting down the bridge to get to the kid before some unknown danger happens. And then, like, the the film finally shows the audience, like, there's some creature, like, smashing through the woods, running as fast as it can towards the kid. And completely breaking uh, expectations, like, the dad does not get there in time, and this creature just swipes the boy off the road and, like, kills him instantly. Awesome. Yeah, it's dark. It's like title card, like, dark. That's, that's how the movie's introduced. That is the opening of the movie. Yeah. Uh. Is that the youngest boy? Yeah, that was the youngest boy. Oh. Yeah, they don't even like, they, they just really just hit you on every level. That's not, I don't like that at all. <laughs> cool. 
so it does like a time jump at that point where i think it says like it's like a year later 50 years later it's just it's now a sci-fi movie great job guys no so one year later the family is still surviving you see that they live on a farm like they got a big chunk of land uh that they're still you know operate like they're growing their own food and stuff like that that's what you usually do on farms and land pete good job Hey, listen, do we want to get more into detail about farms and stuff? We learned a lot from 1922. I wonder if they have a dry well, Kev. They probably do. It's filled with cows. Filled with cows and wives. Well, the cows weren't safe. They would have been too noisy, so they had to get rid of the cows. They had to put them in the well. Nope. You see in the father's, like, um, he has, like, an office set up in the basement, like a work area. And there's lots of newspaper clippings on the wall that give the audience some background. Uh, apparently, like <laughs> apparently, the internet doesn't exist, and newspapers are still a thing in this universe. Well, that, I mean, that is what's funny. It's just like newspaper clippings are what came of this. Uh, but yeah, like I guess a meteor had crashed on Earth, and these monsters came out of it, and all they're space monsters. They're, they're space monsters. Wow. Okay, that took a turn. Yeah, <laughs> they apparently they can't see, but they have ultra sensitive hearing. Uh, and they're covered in like armor plating, so like conventional weapons don't seem to hurt them, which is why we're now in the post-apocalypse instead of, you know, an action monster fighty movie. I just don't understand why Emily Blunt doesn't take out her badass machine gun tactics and time traveling loops to be able to kill all these monsters. Because Tom Cruise isn't here. Tom Cruise doesn't need to be everywhere. Well, he probably does. He thinks so. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just see. The family going through their routines, like gathering food, um, the father using the radio to try to like pick up signals from anywhere else. Wait a minute. We were just angry about a, a rocket ship toy and we're using the radios. They have one job, Pete. Well, no, he's one got, job. He's got headphones. <laughs> okay. And he is like, he's just doing like the tapping Morse code and stuff. So it's not like everything's just getting transmitted through. You're not audibly hearing it, you know? I don't think maybe this is just my poor movie knowledge, but I don't think I've ever seen a radio or walkie talkie ever in existence, even with headphones, not make like a weird squawking or beeping noise out loud. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's just movies messing with you. Even either the movie is incorrect here or the world is incorrect about how walkie talkies exist in the, in the <laughs> universe. Furthermore, you see like the kids practice like emergency protocols. Like you see, they have like a, a truck that's like at the top of a hill and like the emergency brake is on so it looks like they can just disengage that and it can roll down to the house if for whatever reason they need that just for fun yeah we we um the mother is pregnant damn it what the hell guys yeah this was a part of the movie that a lot of people criticized which is like why would they choose to get pregnant in the post-apocalypse and it's like i mean otherwise what are you living for is the main argument i heard against that like the other two kids yeah, but, you know. I mean, I get it, because, like, I mean, you shouldn't criticize a movie for the character decisions in it. It's not like it's a plot hole or anything like that. Yeah. The characters made a decision that you may not necessarily agree with, but, I mean, they were idiots, so... Well, I mean, you know, if you armchair critics on the internet, Kev, that's a huge plot hole. You know what? Maybe maybe condoms are very loud. Maybe that's <laughs> the problem, is just is that contraception's the loudest thing in this universe. They're very squeaky or something, so... I don't want to go down this road. I don't want to talk to you about this. <laughs> all right. Um, today's podcast is going to be about squeaky condoms. What you can do to avoid that awkward, awkward noise. I don't want this sponsor. 
Back to the movie. Today's episode is brought to you by Sir Squeakums. I'm cutting Squeak off your, your microphone. <laughs> Good gracious. Oh, boy. So anyway, at nightfall, you see that the father goes to the top of their, like, um, grain silo. Squeaky? And he lights a signal fire, which you can see on the horizon, like, other farms doing the same thing. They crackle. Not that loud. Whatever. Have uh, you never been by a fire? It's fucking loud. The point is, you see that there's other people who've also survived, so there's hope. Figuring hope out is how to make the silentest fires. Yes. Because um, combustion's known to be the quietest thing that we can figure out. Science. Right. That's enough. That's enough from you. Okay. I'm mad at this movie because it killed a four year old boy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad at it. Okay. Anyway, so that night they all have a nice fish dinner. Because, you know, fishing is an easy, quiet thing for them to do, I guess. Um, don't give I, me any don't give me any guff about the the line being noisy. No, I just swear a lot when I'm fishing because I'm bad at it. So <laughs> I wouldn't I would not survive in this world. You see the kids playing with a, a Monopoly board, but like all of the hard pieces are gone and they've re- like replaced with felt pieces that they made. Actually, you could probably improve on that more by replacing the game Monopoly with a better board game. Ooh. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying, out of all the games out there, Monopoly? I know, right? This is truly desperate times. <laughs> There's a nice jump scare where as one of the kids is like moving their arm to grab a piece, they knock over uh, the oil lamp that was lighting their game. Why the hell are these people so clumsy? I know, right? The dad quickly, like, throws a blanket over it and puts it out, but they're all, like, tense and worried that that made too much noise, uh, like, the glass breaking, and they hear a noise on the roof, something moving around, so the parents, like, ease over to the window to see if they can see anything, and then big jump scare as two raccoons jump off the roof and scuttle away. And they get eaten because raccoons are loud. That is correct. Okay. They literally, you follow the raccoons into the cornfield and then like a monster's claw just crushes one of them and pulls it away. Honestly, I don't understand how any creature could survive. Do we know how long this has happened? Like how long the, the, I think it said, I think it gives you like a title card. That's like, you know, X days after event. And I think it's like two years or so. Okay. All right. But yeah, I'm like, most animals should be dead now, right? Every, every animal. I have not, I don't know, like, I haven't watched that much uh, National Geographic, but I'm not, I can't think of any uh, start of any segment that's like, and now we're seeing the quietest animal on earth. It never speaks or makes any rustling noise or anything like that. That's not how animals exist. (laughs) Later that night, Lee is in his workshop trying for what looks like... Who? Oh, right. Uh, The dad's name is Lee. It's never said in the movie. Nothing's apparently said in the movie. Yeah, the dad's name is Lee, and his wife's name is Evelyn. But like I said, they literally, you never hear their names in the movie. It's in the credits. Okay. The daughter, you hear her name, It's or they sign to her. Her name's Reagan, and the son's name is Bo. I knew it. What? No, I just, I had something stuck in my throat. Uh Let's continue with this perfectly normally named movie. (sighs) Ah. Listen, there's no Arlette, so you can relax. <laughs> no, no, there's just medieval uh, long-range weaponry. That's fine. <laughs> wow, that was a good one. Anyway, Lee is in his workshop, and it seems like he's trying to fix Reagan's cochlear implant device. 
it's like you see like a lot of like pieces scattered over it looks like he's been working on this a long time evelyn comes in to see how he's doing and they share a tender moment where uh they each put in one earbud from their ipod and they dance to harvest moon by neil young it's very sweet i I have nothing for sweetness you don't have sweet moments with your wife huh (laughs) what is what is romantic sweetness please explain (laughs) this to me movie um, the next day, you see Evelyn giving herself a checkup and checking her due date on the calendar, which is coming up soon. Her due date's coming up soon? Yeah. She's so very like this, pregnant. This is a year after the opening segment, and she's already mostly like nine months. So they didn't waste any time. They're like, well, one's down. Time to replace them. Yeah. Yeah. God damn, I wish these condoms weren't so squeaky. God, that's enough of that. <laughs> After her checkup, you see Reagan trying to go into her dad's workshop, but he catches her and yells at her not to. Apparently, it's just a rule. He tells her she's not allowed down there for whatever reason. Yells at her? Well, yells at her violently with sign language. (laughs) Violent hand gesticulations. Yeah. He shows her his latest attempt at fixing her implant, and she seems frustrated and tells him that it never works, so why does he bother keep trying? Um, you get a sense in the scene that there's a lot of tension between them. Um, he keeps trying. He's just like, let me just try it. We'll see if it'll work. And she just physically pushes him away. And she's like, no, I'm done with this and storms off. I mean, she's probably pretty upset that she caught her brother killed. That's that's basically what you're supposed to infer. Like, is the tension like, does he blame her? You know, I do. Wow. <laughs> that's harsh, man. Uh, you then see Evelyn giving. Um. Oh, I screwed up. Yep. Shit. Usually, <laughs> the Bo was the youngest boy who died. The other boy's name is Marcus. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, all right. I mean, that's okay then. Yeah, my Wait. my notes are screwed up. That sounds that sounds needlessly harsh. Well, you are needlessly harsh, <laughs> especially those people with different names. <laughs> so Marcus is the boy who's getting a math lesson right now. Okay. And they're interrupted because Lee's like, I got to go out. I want Marcus to come with me. And he's like super scared. He he hates like venturing off the farm. Marcus does? Yeah. But his mom tells him that it's it's fine. His dad won't let anything happen to him. Just um, like his other kid. Wow. <laughs> Reagan offers to go in his place, but the dad once again is like, no, you stay here. Help your mom. I'm taking him. So she storms off again. There's a lot of her storming off from her dad because they argue a lot. How old is she? Uh, probably like beginnings of teen years. Yeah, that makes sense. After she storms off, like in her frustration, she like packs a bag and wanders off for the day, and you don't see where she goes for a while. Um, but is Lee, that like a normal thing? I feel like that shouldn't be a thing. I know, right? Like she didn't even stay to help her mom out around the house. She just stormed off. Rude. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the murderous creatures of death that are everywhere. Apparently, you just have to be quiet, and they can't find you. Oh, just be quiet. That's fine. Um, so Lee takes out for Bo. Wow. He didn't stay quiet. (laughs) Uh, Lee takes Marcus to the river to gather fish they've caught in traps. And like Marcus gets all scared because he like drops it at one point and he like reassures him. He's like, listen, the river's making noise. So we can be we can make a little bit of noise because it masks the sound. So I just imagine like monsters for the first like six months just constantly running to the river. Oh, Oh, it's just the fucking. Right, and then slinking away disappointingly. How many of them starved to death because they just kept attacking the river? <laughs> Why won't you die? Um. So he then wants to show Marcus something else, which is he takes him 
upstream to the waterfall that like is the source of the river and he reveals he's like it's so loud here that we can talk to each other and like he actually talks to his son for like the first time ever why don't they live there that's another criticism that was launched at the movie and basically it's just the fact of like the waterfall is in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere so it's like how are they going to build a house there like their farm already has all the fields where they grow their food, so it's like, why leave when you have everything you need right there? Do you understand that like waterfalls were like huge back in the that time frame? <laughs> because they were the way that you got a constant source of fish, a constant source of power. You could electrically power things. There's and apparently they make a lot of water. There's no reason not to live here at this point. Well, we'll put you squarely in that camp then. <laughs> That's because it's the only camp that should exist. <laughs> so you're saying they should build a camp? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's build a little little summer vacation home near the only place you could survive. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like I said, like this is 40 minutes into the movie, and it's the first time you hear anyone speak. So once again, the sound design of this movie is phenomenal because it's mostly silence for all of it. That must be stressful. Oh God. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yes. So, so the main character speaks, and he's like, "One of you at this table will betray me at this last supper. Take this bread." He's not Break. Jesus. That's James Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. John Krasinski. Jim J- Bogia. No. John Jacob Jingleheimer. Is that your name? No, his name is actually my name too. What? Marcus and his dad have a moment where they like have a heart to heart talk and Marcus asks his dad if he like hates Reagan and or blames her for Bo's death. And dad <laughs> no? No, it turns out Lee's like a terrible liar. God, that would be that would be just the worst. Uh he says no, he doesn't blame her and he doesn't hate her and um Marcus says that she blames herself and that he should remind Reagan that he still loves her. Because she doesn't seem to know that. Uh, and this is intercut with we finally see where Reagan stormed off to. She went to Bo's gravesite and she lays the rocket toy there in remembrance. And then she like lies down and just contemplates life. <laughs> and then it just beeps and starts like, very inappropriate for the timing of the movie. No. And then she gets eight. No. And then Jim looks at the camera. Wow. <laughs> That's messed up. So on Lee and Marcus's trek back home, we get... Which is, you know, should have been two steps because they should have been living next to the waterfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get over it. (laughs) Uh, So we get another scare in the movie. They're walking and they just... Oh, good. I'm glad this horror movie has scares. Oh, yeah. They they suddenly, uh, like, happen upon an old man who's just standing on the side of the road in the middle of the woods. Like and they do. That, that's like, fine. Like they do. And this, you see that this guy's standing over the body of a, assume, assumedly his wife, who's been like torn in half. Awesome. Yeah. So immediately, like Lee looks this guy in the eyes and he's just like, he, he like gives him the be quiet symbol, like in a pleading way, like, please don't make any noise. Uh, but the guy looks like he's going to crack. So Lee grabs Marcus and runs to the other side of the road and like hides in the bush. And the old man just lets out this cry of, like, sorrow and pain. Just like, ah! And a monster comes out of the woods and tears him in half. Like you do. Yeah. They have, like, these huge, like, scythe arms. 
So when they attack things, they just take one swipe and take you down. That's so upsetting because they could be so much help help on their farm, right? Cutting it's, down the crops and stuff. Let's scythe arms. I wish I had scythe. It's like a Pokemon. <laughs> scythe arms is that the name? Scyther. <laughs> that's we're, good. We're old. So yeah, that's the end. Of... Pokemon's still a thing. Yeah, but Scyther was from the original generation. Oh well, yeah, that makes you old. That's we're very old. Yeah, so the 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 monster takes down the old man and starts eating him, and Lee and Marcus sneak away while it's busy. Back at the home, as night falls, Evelyn's water breaks. Awesome! Yeah, that happened Why a little, do, little earlier than expected. Because pregnancies are, are known to be the quietest things we've got going around. Right? So she rushes downstairs to grab some things to prepare for her labor, and as she's going down the basement steps... There was a nail that was knocked loose earlier in the film, and she steps right on it. Oh, gosh, that's not great. Yeah. It's just one of those moments where the whole audience just shrinks into their seats and goes, ah. Why, movie? Why do you got to add that? Yeah. Um, so she, like, like a badass, she's able to stifle her scream of pain. But in doing so, she drops like a, a framed picture she was holding and the glass shatters when it hits the ground. Awesome. I mean, I would be dead like two weeks into this post-apocalyptic world. Like I stub my toe and I just cry like a baby. So <laughs> first time I kick, uh, I step on a Lego piece. I am dead. That's probably how like the majority of deaths in the first year of them being here happened is mostly caused by legos probably that's my guess so she manages to work through the pain and she activates the warning lights that are all set up around the farm um powered by the electricity of the turbine because of the waterfall right makes sense i don't know yeah actually i don't know why they have power because it's yeah <laughs> i mean I, I was gonna nitpick that too but like i didn't want to be too pedantic but like if it's a generator those aren't quiet. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if they show you like a generator in like a quiet room or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's another thing. Why don't they have like a, a soundproof room? Uh, well, we're getting to that. They okay. do for specifically for the upcoming baby or just living. Eh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we could just be. You know what? I just don't like the. The thing is that Lee's wife sounds really annoying when she talks. So Lee's like, you know what? We don't need a soundproof room. Let's just all be quiet. <laughs> Uh, so before she can get back upstairs, however, she sees that there, or she sees and hears that there is a monster in the house now. Uh, oh well. She quickly devises a plan where she grabs like a an egg timer and sets it to like a minute and puts it on a shelf and hides in the other corner of the basement. The monster comes downstairs, and when the egg timer goes off and the alarm sounds, it charges at that shelf, and she runs upstairs while it's distracted. That's cool. Unfortunately, there's another monster right outside the house, so God. she has to go upstairs again to the second floor and hide there. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. I guess that probably wouldn't be my reaction. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shucks. You guys and your shenanigans. <laughs> uh, at this point, it's when Lee and Marcus get home as well, and they see the, the warning lights, so... Lee sends Marcus to go set off some fireworks that they have set up, which work as like a great distraction. That does sound great. Yeah. And he's going to like run to the house to find uh, Evelyn. Evelyn has crawled into the bathtub in the bathroom at this point. I've seen this part. 
by yeah. this part i mean like there was like a frame of a, a picture for advertising it and she was in a bathtub that's it yeah like, basically she crawls in the bathtub and um like immediately starts going into labor and right as she screams from like the labor pain is when the fireworks go off thankfully and masks the sound nice yeah all right let's take a break right now because this this there's pretty much nothing going on in the movie at this point this isn't a really high end so we can take a break and everybody can uh listen to us jabber at them sound like fun yay jabber Okay, well, I'm, I'm assuming the screaming of birth uh, giving is going to be mean that we don't have to be that quiet right now. So yeah, we're here to talk to you about what we're doing now and next. So right now, uh, obviously, we're doing The Quiet Place, and we're trying to do like a, a mix between the newer horror movies that are coming out and the older horror movies that really like brought up this genre. So next week, we're going to be doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And why is that? That's because it's going to be Thanksgiving, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a fun family film that involves a big family dinner that everyone will enjoy. And possibly carving. Anyways, yeah, so that sounds terrible, but we're going to do it anyways. But then we've got a whole list of, uh, we've got pretty much December already kind of mapped out a little bit. Uh, we had some feedback from you guys for some movies that you guys wanted to hear about. So thanks for sending that to us. Uh, but what are we doing? What are we doing through uh, December? Well, first we're going to kick off December with a more recent film. We're going to do Jordan Peele's Get Out. It's an awesome movie that I've been wanting to talk about for a while now. Then we're going to jump into the Christmas spirit in the lead up to the holiday. So we're going to be doing Gremlins. Krampus, and then the big finale for this December is going to be the early 2000s remake of our favorite movie, Black Christmas. I can't wait for that, because the first one was so great. I'm excited. But wait, why Gremlins? What does that have to do with Christmas? Gremlins takes place in the Christmas time, Kev. That makes no sense to me, but I guess you'll tell me more about it later, and it still won't make sense to me, but whatever. Fine. So, if you, uh, please, once again, if you're listening to us regularly and you like what, we're, what you're hearing, please share uh, about this podcast. Um, you can tweet at us at fearlessfilmpod, or you can just email us at fearlessfilmpodcast, fearlessfilmspodcast at gmail.com. There's our Facebook page that you can recommend and share and rate and review. And you can also rate and review us on any of the right any of the uh, podcast listening places. Any place you can find podcasts, you'll find Fearless Films. Google, Stitcher, Apple, everywhere you can get podcasts, that's where we'll be. You kind of sounded like, like, a, like a used car salesman there. You're like, you guys want podcasts? Have I got podcasts for you? Come on down. But don't come on down. We're... It's it's a small room that we're recording in, so please don't please don't come on down. It'd get crowded, and uh, we have to get back to a quiet place. So shh. All right, Kev, let's get back to the movie, and don't be too loud. So we've got uh, a woman giving birth into a bathtub, uh, a, a little girl snuggling a toy rocket ship in the middle of nowhere. Somebody, kids lighting off fireworks like hooligans do, and uh, Jesus is is storming in to save the day, as is his calling. With a shotgun. Nice! Those are quiet. Very quiet, yes. That's what they're known for. 
I was just thinking about this. They're probably very stinky people. Baths, not quiet. Showers, definitely not quiet. These are stinky, stinky people. Maybe they wash in the river. <laughs> Maybe if it was closer, but apparently it's a day's travel. So why would they live closer to a source of cleanliness? That makes no sense. Anyways. How's, how's bath birth going? Uh, well, Marcus gets upstairs with a shotgun. And he gets into the bathroom, and they, they try to pull one over on the audience because he sees that the bathtub is empty, just has some blood in it. Oh, no! Uh, but then you get a jump scare where, like, behind him, the glass door of the shower, her hand, like, hits it to let him know that she's in there. Hello! And she's there with the baby, so now she they... give birth? She gave birth by that's herself. Quick, yeah. My wife was in labor for like eight hours. Yeah, that's the magic of Hollywood birth giving. <laughs> Just happens. Boop, there we go. So he grabs her and the baby, and they go down to the barn. And in the underneath the floor of the barn is like a basement room that they've created into a, or they've turned into a soundproof room, basically. Which is where they should be spending all of their time. I mean, yes. But, like, they even have the special cradle for the baby that's, like, an enclosed box that you can put a lid on. With oh, a... right. I, I never even thought about that. Crying baby. Not, yeah. not going to do well. But it comes with a little oxygen tank and oxygen mask that they put over the baby's face so it doesn't, like, suffocate in the box. That sounds nice. I mean, the, it's it works. Where did they get all this stuff? Probably gathered it from surrounding towns. Yeah, because, you know, baby-sized oxygen masks are just a dime a dozen. You find those at Costco, so... I have no answers What was that? <laughs> I have no answers. Also, at this point, Reagan is coming back home, and she's in the cornfield right now. Finally. Yeah. Completely unaware that there's a monster, like, right behind her. Oh, great. Yeah. But here's the weird thing. So it gets close to her. Um, and her device, like her cochlear implant device starts like freaking out. Like she hears like a high pitch frequency in her head, in her ear that like hurts her, but behind her, the monster is also reacting to it as well. So they're freaking out. Yeah. The monster like looks like it's in pain and eventually just runs off. Nice. Yeah. She has superpowers. Kind of. So this is how the X-Men movie starts, right? No, this isn't a backdoor pilot for X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a twist. Back on the parents, Evelyn wakes up because um, she had just like passed out at that point. She wakes up and asks about the kids and Lee's like, the, you know, they're out there. They're fine. They should be good. <laughs> what kids? What? <laughs> and she, in a moment of vulnerability, um, Evelyn blames herself for Bo's death because she's like, I wasn't carrying anything. Like, I had a backpack on. I could have just been carrying him. Like, why didn't I watch him? And the, the types of things you think any parent would go through, like, after the loss of a child, just thinking all the reasons, what could I have done, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and so she tells, uh, she tells Lee that nothing else matters but protecting their kids. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, nothing else matters but protecting our baby. Fuck those other kids. <laughs> They're, you know what? They're annoying. They can't. They play all the games we have, and they pick Monopoly. No, you know what? The baby's important. Wow. So she tells him like he needs to go and gather up the kids. Maybe like, we should finally move to that waterfall. Maybe we should think about moving to the waterfall. Um, 
So he goes off to find the other two. What they both don't notice is that at that moment... There was, there's a monster hiding in the little baby thing. Right? No, that it's, was it's, not, it's not a monster hiding in the baby crib. <laughs> but what they don't thing. notice is that the basement room they're in has started to flood. What? Why? Um, it's, it has to do with something earlier got broken. I like, I've watched the movie twice and I always miss it. I don't, I never remember why the basement's flooding, but it's flooding. Cause fuck you little family. There's definitely, I know, right? They have no luck. There's definitely a reason, but like, I seem to, I seem to miss it every time I watch the movie, which I don't know, maybe that's points against the movie. Cause I still don't know why the basement floods. Maybe you're just incompetent at this, Pete. I think, a, I think like a pipe gets broken or something. Either way, the two kids reunite in the cornfields. They literally run into each other. And they go to, they retreat to the top of the grain silo to light the fire uh, to see if anyone sees it and comes to help them. Why? Nobody came to help when Caviezel wrote the, lit the fire. This is just a signal fire to announce that we're all still here. Hey guys, what's up? That seems like a very pertinent thing to do just to light fires randomly it's nice. not random it's planned so they're up there waiting for help uh cut back to evelyn who had like passed out again she wakes up and the room is now like flooded with water <laughs> so she uh says oh, time to get out of dodge she picks up the baby oh i guess it's time to leave and before they can leave a monster stalks into the room so they hide in the corner why why what why, why is the monster still here? There are fireworks. Oh, the fireworks have long stopped by this I point. I know, but it should have carried... It, they should have went away. There's no reason for the... Oh, you know what? It's the waterfall water. It's yeah. the flooding. The flooding water drew it back, yeah. They should realize that water isn't an effective prey at this point. Why won't you die, dumb river? <laughs> so we cut back and forth between her and the kids. The kids are now on top of the green silo arguing about whether they should stay and wait for help or go and find help. So you're saying the kids are all right, but they're wondering if they should stay or if they should go. Wow, how many more songs can you fit into that <laughs> reference, Kev? Um, you got any Bowie you can throw in there? Um, uh, th There was a... Uh, a the, the, no, it's kind of like a space odyssey. The monsters coming through. Is that no? That's I'll nothing no, there. I'll give you that one. That's that pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yellow submarine. <laughs> so as they're arguing, um, the one of the panels that they're standing on breaks, and Marcus falls into the grain silo. Because fuck you, family. This family just is cursed. You know what? I think they need to this it's it's their own hubris for not doing basic maintenance. There's nails left out all over the place. There's broken pipes all around. There's shoddy construction in grain silos. Like this is all Lee's fault. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um so that noise was actually Was Bo in charge of maintenance? Is that why this is all breaking? The down? kid, yeah, the youngest kid was the one who fixed everything. <laughs> But yeah, that noise draws away the monster that was stalking Evelyn and the baby, so she's in the clear now, but the monsters are converging on the kids. Oh, well. Can they climb? Is is, is the grain silo, like, safe? Because, like, like do, what do we know about these monsters? They might be able to climb. They're very fast and very strong, so wouldn't put it past them. All right. Um, so it's all right. They made a new one, so they can lose the other two. I mean, it's diminishing returns, but, like, meh. So here's a horrible real-life thing. 
great. When Marcus falls into the grain silo, he starts sinking into the grain, which is apparently something that kills like X amount of farmers every year. If you fall into grain, it will just like, you'll sink just, into it. It's just quicksand. Yeah. And you can't get out. Wow. Fuck this family. <laughs> uh, so luckily, uh, Reagan jumps in after him, though. And also. Can- no, no. <laughs> she uses she grabs like the, the fallen ceiling panel that fell with them. And like they use it as a platform to like hold on to. Because since it's All like a Titanic style. Yeah. Like it's a flat surface, so it doesn't sink. So they're safe for the moment because they're on this panel that like they can hold on to. That like seems you like said. the entirety second half of this movie is they're safe for the moment. That's... Yeah. Um, and then one of the monsters gets into the silo. <laughs> what? Come on! <laughs> and it climbed it because it came in from the top. So oh, we, we so proved that climb. theory. All right, great. We're learning so much about these monsters. Listen, by this point, the like uh, the movie's unbelievable, not because of anything that's happening right now, but by the sheer fact that it's been three years since these monsters have arrived and anybody's still alive. <laughs> like this is ultra hard mode uh, living, and it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem possible. This is babies cry, babies cry. All that's, right, I'm, that's why you need the soundproof crib. That's a thing. Or so, you know, be next to a waterfall. Yes. <laughs> Luckily for the kids, I'm trying to think of other like. Are there other loud things just in the world? Is there. Um. No, I don't know. The ocean. Living on an island. The ocean's pretty loud. Um, if you're just living near, like, um, this would be a better joke if I knew his name. As is as and, and uh, Aziz and Sari. Yeah. So if you just hang out with Aziz and Sari, like you'd probably survive pretty well. He's pretty loud. <laughs> just randomly mean to Aziz and Sari. That's cool. <laughs> I'm sure he's randomly mean to a lot of people. He does stand up comedy, so yeah, that's fair. Anyway, yes. So luckily for the kids, before the monster can kill them, the. Uh, in, the cochlear implant device starts freaking out again when the monster gets near her superpowers. Yeah, so the monster freaks out and literally dives through the wall of the silo. Wow! Just it's bursts just... right through it. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just Macho Man Randy Savage is right out the wall. Now, I was thinking Kool Aid Man. They're all they're all about the oh yeahs. Wait, is Macho Man actually Kool Aid Man in like a costume? I've never seen them in the same room together. That's true. Uh, so the kids are safe again for the moment. Thanks, movie. I'm already, I've already pooped myself six times. <laughs> so Lee reunites with his kids, but there's a monster stalking nearby. Of course there is. So he he tells them to run into the the. Remember I mentioned the pickup truck? Yeah, earlier? yeah. With the emergency brakes. Yeah. So he has them go hide in the truck, right? Wee. And he grabs a like. They're near like a tool shed thing. So he grabs an axe and he's looking around for the monster. What haven't we determined that like an army apparently couldn't stop these these monsters? Just for peace of mind, you know? Like, would you rather just be standing there unarmed? I don't know. I just I I feel like I would I would be like, what the hell am I doing with this thing? But okay, I get it. Unfortunately for Lee, he does not see that the monster he's in this movie. Yeah. Unfortunately for Lee, he doesn't see that the monster is on top of the tool shed. <laughs> and as he turns around, it like swipes at him and knocks him to the ground. Well, he's dead. Move on. He's not dead. 
but he is badly injured. The kids, or Marcus at least, cries out when they see their dad getting attacked, and that draws the monster to them, who then starts smashing on the truck trying to get into them and eat them. All right, pertinent part. Pertinent ask a question about that. Yeah. Does he have a beard? He does. All right. I, I think I vaguely remember the scene with a beard because this entire time I've just been picturing him as Jim from The Office, which is a like little foppish. skinny young him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not, that's not, I'm like, how was he even able to hold that axe for very long? <laughs> he just doesn't seem like the rugged survivalist type. Uh, so yeah, the kids are being attacked. Lee stands Because they up. cried out. Yes. Did that pull the monster that was going to kill Lee to them? Yeah, it did. So Lee stands up and sees no other option to save his children than to sacrifice himself. So he drops the axe, which gives the monster pause because it hears that, but it doesn't quite know where it was coming from. And he he locks eyes with Reagan. And in the tearjerk moment of the movie, he signs to her, I love you. I've always loved you. And then he screams at the top of his lungs until the monster comes at him and takes him down. Oh, does oh does he die? Oh yeah, he dies. Oh no! And as the monster is distracted, Marcus disengages the emergency brake on the truck, and they roll down the hill to safety to like the front of the farmhouse. That sucks. Yeah. So, also spoilers. What? It's a review. <laughs> So now Evel- I'm not going to see this movie. You were never going to see this movie. <laughs> For many reasons. So Evelyn's reunited with the kids, and they all run into the basement of the house. Kids, I'm glad you're alive. Where, where's your dad? Where's your dad, kids? Wow. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, Lee's workshop is where they go. And Reagan finally sees, like, how much time and effort he spent trying to fix her listening, her implant device. Because, like, he's got books and manuals and, like, hundreds of little, like, pieces of tech that he's just been tinkering with. So it gives her that, like, catharsis of, like, oh, wow, he really did still love me and was trying his best. Thanks, movie. I didn't want to feel happy today. No, it's fine. Just be sad all the time. So one of the monsters slowly stalks into the basement. Fuck these monsters. What sound did they make? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just heard general noise. It followed him in there. Um, Evelyn has a shotgun, but she knows it's useless to harm the monster. So she kind of just doesn't know what to do. They're all hiding in various corners at this point, waiting to see what the monster does. When the Reagan's implant device starts acting up again and they see it's like distressing the monster. They realize as it starts freaking out that they had left cochlear implant. One of the kids had left cochlear implants all around the house. No. And the other one who had a baseball bat just starts smashing the cochlear implants with the baseball bat, which drives away the alien. No. (laughs) It's a a great, that's a great plot device. We should use that in a movie. Should we? No, uh, Reagan like finally starts piecing together like, oh, every time I've been in pain, it must have been the, something happening to the monsters as well. So I she, should harm myself. Well, she just she like turns up her device's volume or whatever. I don't know how they work. She she sets something on it and like makes it higher pitched frequency, and the monster starts freaking the fuck out. It's yeah. Every cochlear implant. Uh, I went to a conference on this. Uh, has a freak the fuck out button. Like just how much do you want this thing to just fuck shit up? Here, turn that up to eleven. <laughs> so the monster seems distressed and sort of stunned, but like 
the baby then starts crying and David, the baby. monster starts snapping out of it. So in a last ditch effort, she takes her device out, goes up to the radio microphone and like holds it up to it and just turns the volume all the way up on the radio. And then realizes the headphones are still in. There's a big laugh. Everybody... Well, no, the headphones are pulled out. It's the fine. laugh track starts and they all just look at the camera like, oh, you. <sighs> Jim's no. like disembodied head is rolling around and it looks at the camera like, oh, these people. <laughs> That's morbid. <laughs> uh, but no, I can get through this movie. But no, like the that makes the frequency get so loud that the monster like has a full on meltdown. And just like loses its shit, and like the protective plates on its head like open up in a weird way, which is like the movie also shows you like that's sort of how they listen to like those plates will raise a little bit, but this time like they open fully up, like it's soft tissue is all exposed. So Evelyn just point blank shotguns it in the face. Nice. Yeah. Count one dead monster. Well, that only took like three of them, so that's fine. Uh, four in this movie, I think, so far? Four deaths? Uh, Something like that. And every chicken out there. Yeah. So then they see, like, there's a moment of relief, like, hey, we did it. And then they see on, like, the monitors, they have, like, security cameras that two other monsters are heading towards the farmhouse. And they basically, like, Evelyn just sort of, like, grins and motions towards Reagan to do the radio thing again and, like, pumps the shotgun and then a hard cut to credits. I, I mean, I, I'm fine with the way that movie ends, actually. I, I Normally, I'm mad at that kind of stuff, but, like, I think that's that's nice about, like, you know, we figured out how to fuck these guys up. Let's do it. Yeah, kind of like, it ends with just sort of like, it, is this just going to lead into an action movie? Yeah, like, right? holy crap. <laughs> Quiet Place 2 is, is basically Terminator 2 at this point. Possibly, because they've already confirmed there will be a Quiet Place 2. Oh, good. I really want to see uh, what Jim does with his character. Wow. John, Jacob, one of those names. You don't know his name. <laughs> it's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All right? That's his name. It's Jim Caviezel. It's written in, in, in burning white letters on my soul. <laughs> cool. So, uh, I'm sad. Yeah, as I thought you would be. <laughs> like, this is this is one of those horror movies where it's like, oh, no, you're scared. But also, like... You don't want to be happy, right? Yeah, like I said, like it's half horror, half family drama, but that still equals a hundred percent down. Just like just, up. we're your, downtown. Your emotions are just in the tank right now. I can't wait to watch twelve-year-old girl and single mom make it through with newborn baby. Oh, <laughs> so I, I feel safe in assuming that. Uh, after this breakdown, you still wouldn't watch this movie? Oddly enough, no, it's not on my top of my list of things that I want to do on a Sunday afternoon. That's fair. That's very fair. I could I could possibly, maybe, you know what? I was thinking of watching this, or uh, I could go on YouTube and watch, like, penguins die from oil spills. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're right there at the same level uh, of how I want to feel at the end of watching these things. So so it's, a, it's actually a toss-up. If I ever feel, if I ever, like, man... Penguins dying in oil spills just aren't doing it for me today. I think I think I'll probably grab a quiet place and watch that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. That makes sense. 
so aside from from the topic, uh, from from the the creation, the the quality of the movie, what's your what's your take on this, Pete? Uh, well, it's a very like on the technical level, it's a very well made movie. Like the acting is supreme, uh, the cinematography is gorgeous, the sound design is the number one feature of this movie. Like it's super quiet for most of the movie, which you think would turn off modern audiences. But when I saw it in the theater, like people were glued to the screen, like just waiting to see what would happen next. It's just because Charlie Chaplin has that magnetism that people he have. Do, you know, yeah, when he's on his roller skates, just he does around. his own stunts. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, um, I can't deny that a lot of critics have pointed out that there's a lot of um, stupid log- decisions. There's a lot of logic problems with like, why don't they just live closer to the the river? And like, I'm not going to yell at these and say that it's a plot hole, but like, this is not the family that made the decisions that they made should not have survived this long. <laughs> it's very, I tend to look at it and it's just, it's in the style of like an older, more fantastical movie where, I mean, they're fucking space aliens. So <laughs> that's, like, that's something I didn't see coming. Yeah. And it's just like, if the army couldn't defeat them with tanks and shit, then like, whatever, this family lives on their farm still and not at the river. I can live with it. All right. <laughs> Although nobody decided, let's do high pitched noises at them. I guess not. Yeah. Back. But uh, yeah, no, like it's it succeeds in doing the thing that good horror usually does, where it's like take a situation, you know, like people trapped in an Arctic base or people trapped on a spaceship. You know, like it's it's people trapped on their farm and they can't make noise. Like that's yeah. the draw. That's what you're here for. And everybody did well acting and all that other stuff. Oh yeah, even the like the child actors were great. Bo was my favorite. Oh wow, <laughs> wow. His his portrayal of bait was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and like I guess like uh, the monsters are all CG, which is kind of a bummer. There's never a point where you get like a cool like animatronic or anything. But whatever, they still look pretty good. They have an interesting, cool looking design. They look appropriately alien. So yeah, I give it. I, I liked it. I thought it was overall a very good movie. And like I said, there's a sequel on the way, so we'll see how that plays out. So, um, how would you sum up a quiet place in Kevin's words? It sounds like, from what I can see, from what I can determine from this movie, Jesus is straight from his path, which is weird. I know, like that's that's a really that's the biggest thing that you have to swallow watching this is that you have to kind of. It's a sacrilegious thing that that Jesus has upset God somehow, even though like that doesn't really work religiously, because God really hates this family, from what I can tell. Like, so much goes wrong that you are just watching a family getting murdered by fate themselves. Damn. And uh, you know, it, it it's possibly that you know maybe you know. Uh, maybe the, the aliens are God's tool for that, the Avenging Angels. No, no, you are not. <laughs> you are not going back to the Avenging Angels. I mean, okay. I can kind of see it, but I hate you that I can right, see it. Right. Well, this, this, is a, this is a pure case of a family who's real dumb, <laughs> making dumb decisions and getting caught uh, and dying from it. So uh, that's what I see. Oh, you are the worst. You are the worst person. So who do you think should see the movie? Anyone who wants to be sad. <laughs> it's a tearjerker and it's very emotionally draining. Uh, it has an uplifting, hopeful end, though. Right? It does have a very uplifting, hopeful end. It's just the, the journey there is very painful. <laughs> but yeah, it is 
if if you can't stomach that kind of uh family turmoil type of thing the you might not be able to handle this movie yeah kids and dads and everything no that's that's too much for me it's not it's not super gory however like even though people like the monsters kill people by basically cutting them in half it always does like it cuts away like right as it happens so there's surprisingly little blood in the movie um uh, actually oddly enough other than when evelyn gives birth that's the bloodiest scene in the movie i've been at a couple births they're they're real bad yeah they're they're, they're worse than a lot of horror movies <laughs> so who do you think should see the movie kev I think if you are a giant fan of The Count of Monte Cristo, but you wish it was a silent film. So if you wish Charlie Chaplin was in The Count of Monte Cristo and you loved signs, but not the happiness and go lucky attitude of signs, uh, then this is the movie that you should probably go see. Not signs had a happy go lucky attitude. They at least like, <laughs> they, they had an uplifting end with like, there weren't kids dying in that one. Oh, uh, yeah, that whole family does live in that yeah, movie. Yeah, they figure it out without killing three-fifths of the family. Ouch. Yeah, well, ouch is pretty much the, the point of... Is, is pretty much the response that you get from watching this movie. Yeah, that's fair. You watch this movie and you're like, cool, can we watch a Disney flick now? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everything I hear about it says that's pretty good. it's a pretty good movie, so... It's a very good movie. It's just very sad. It's very good at ruining your life for the day. So if you're looking for that, have we got a movie for you? <laughs> uh, well, I think that's all for this week, Kev. All right. I'm going to go hug my children. They're not home, though. I'm all alone. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> go find your children. All right. Don't make a lot of noise while you do it, though. Yeah. For everybody out there, thanks for listening. Don't make too much noise. And don't get too scared. <laughs> <laughs>